continue on page 328 with our Torah service. It shall come to pass in the fullness of time that the mountain of the house of God shall be established as the highest mountain raised above all the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Then many people shall say, come, let us go up to Har Adonai, to the house of the God of Jacob. And they shall say, teach us your ways that we may walk in your path. We give thanks today for a Torah of life, the way of kindness, mercy, and truth. Your turn. May our souls withstand times of crisis and our hearts the inclination to evil. May the qualities of mercy and goodness, love and forgiveness flow through our lives. We rise at our arc opener and Torah carry come forward. We're on page 328 and 9. <laughs> Yeah. 
So we are reading from uh, the Holiness Code. I believe our cantor is going to be our Balakori. No, Andrea is our Balakori. Great. We're on page 338. And here is this powerful piece uh, in Vayikra and Leviticus that tells us uh, what we can do to bring uh, healing to the world and see ourselves as agents of, of God. That God is represented through the good that we do in the world. Do not uh, curse a person who's deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. Uh, leave the corners of your field. These are what we see as the greatest hits of Judaism in a way, and they're all compacted into this area right here. But that's not it. Sorry. Mm. Right here. It's right here. Thank right here. you. How many Jews does it take? There. I got it. Right there. One, two, three. Where is it? Give him the text. Can't turn. No, okay. he's not. He's the Torah blesser. I understand. It's under there. I don't need it. Baruch Adonai Hamvorah. Baruch Adonai Hamvorah. Tahapen <laughs> Ani Adonai Elohechem, Vichi Tisbechu Sevach Shilamim Ladonai Letzonchem Tisbechu Beyom Sivchachem Yeachel Umimokarat Vianotar At Yom Hashlishi Baesh Yisaref Vim Ayachal <laughs> Be 
ולכד תאסוף אותם, אני אדוני אלוהיכם. ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהינו מלך העולם, אשר נתן לנו תורת אמת, וחיי עולם נתן בתוכנו, ברוך אתה אדוני נותן התורה. אמן. It's a framework of the Ten Commandments. If you read it later in the day, you see the Ten Commandments laid out and, and, uh, as a structure, and then all those things that we wanted in between to see that embrace, again, social justice, uh, being that person who's going to help bring true change to the world, honoring the stranger and the poor, and uh, building society based on these values, and ultimately saying that holiness is not somewhere far away, it's not on some mountain where it can't be attained by the majority, but actually it is here amongst all of us in the everyday. So yashar koach to our readers. While we have the Torah out, we take a moment to think of those who lie in beds of illness and to uh, sing them a, a refuah shlema. If you're thinking of somebody who could use the blessing as a point in my tali towards you, please call the name out and then we'll uh, say the Mishabera. as these two people come up to lift and wrap the Torah. Good, 
now for our Haftorah of the afternoon. You can find the text uh, on page 344. We'll be using a, a little bit of a different translation for the play that we're putting on, actually the reading. Um, why, why do we read this? Here it's the holiest day of the year. Why read this story about Jonah? Any answers? Trusting in God? What? Anybody else? I mean, what's the, what's the problem with the story? Is it like the holiness code? It's so serious? Engaged? Huh? Running away from yourself. Huh? Running away from yourself. The Jonah represents somebody who follows the text and he runs away. And who is he? What's his job? He's a prophet. He's a an Israel, a prophet. When God asks him to do something, he goes. Baruch atadonai Eloheinu mehelech halam asher b'achar b'nvim tovim b'ratzav b'nivrahem hanamirim b'met Baruch atadonai 
Habocher, Batoral, Moshe, Abdo, of Israel, Amo, of Vieja, Emet, The word of the Eternal came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim judgment upon it, for their wickedness has come before me. Jonah started out, however, to flee to Tarshish from the service of the Eternal. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare, went on board to sail with the others to Tarshish, away from the service of the Eternal. But the Eternal cast a mighty wind upon the sea, and such a tempest came upon the sea that the ship was in danger of breaking up. In their fright, the sailors cried out, each to his own god, and they flung the cargo overboard to make the ship lighter. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone into the hold of the vessel where he lay down and fell asleep. The captain went over to him and cried out, How can you be sleeping so soundly? Up, call upon your God. Perhaps the God will be kind to us and we will not perish. The men said to one another, let us cast lots and find out on whose account this misfortune has come upon us. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. They said to him, Tell us, you who have brought this misfortune upon us, what is your business? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am Hebrew, he replies. I worship the Eternal, the God of heaven, who made both the sea and the land. The men were greatly terrified, and they asked him, What have you done? And when the men learned that he was fleeing from the service of the Eternal, for he told them, they said to him, what must we do to you to make the sea come all around us? For the sea was growing more and more stormy. Heave me overboard, for I know this terrible storm came upon you on my account. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to regain the shore, but they could not, for the sea was growing more and more stormy around them. Before throwing him overboard, they cried out to the Eternal, please do not let us perish on account of this man. Do not compel us to kill an innocent person, for you, O Eternal, by your will, have brought this about. And they heaved Jonah overboard, and the sea stopped raging. The men were greatly in awe of the Eternal. They offered a sacrifice to the Eternal, and they made vows. And then the Eternal provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah remained in the fish's belly three days and three nights, and then the Eternal commanded the fish to spew Jonah out onto dry land. The word of the Eternal came to Jonah a second time. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it what I tell you. Jonah went at once to Nineveh in accordance with the command of the Eternal. 
Nineveh was an enormously large city, even on a divine scale, a three days walk across. Jonas started out and made his way into the city, the distance of one day's walk, and proclaimed, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and all alike put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his clothes, put on sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he had the word cry through Nineveh, by decree of the king and his nobles, neither man nor beast shall taste anything. They shall not graze, and they shall not drink water. They shall be covered with sackcloth, and shall cry mightily to God. Let all turn back from their evil ways and from the injustice of which they are guilty. Who knows but that God may turn back and relent so that we do not perish. When God saw what they were doing, how they were turning back from their evil ways, God renounced the punishment planned for them and did not carry it out. This displeased Jonah greatly, and he was incensed. He prayed to the Eternal, saying, Eternal One, isn't this just what I said when I was still in my own country? This is why I fled beforehand to Tarshish, for I know that you are a compassionate and gracious God, endlessly patient, abounding in love, renouncing punishment. Take my life then, for I would rather die than live to see this. The Eternal One replied, Is it right that you are angry? Now Jonah left the city and found a place east of the city. He made a booth there and sat under it in the shadow till he could see what happened in the city. The Eternal God provided a gourd which grew up over Jonah to provide shade for his head and save him from discomfort. Jonah was very happy about the plant, but the next day at dawn, God provided a worm which attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head and he became faint. He begged for death, saying, I would rather die than live. Is it right that you are angry about the plant? I'm so angry, I want to die. You care about the plant, yet you did not work on it or cultivate it. It appeared overnight and perished overnight. And should I not care about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not yet know their right hand from their left, and many beasts as well? Thank you. 
We turn to page 352, we rise as we return the Torah to the Ark. <laughs> If you've been given a reading part to come sit in the front row here, please. Anybody that got a reading part to come sit in the front row?
We're on page 445. For more than a millennium, from the time of Moses and Aaron until Rome's destruction of the temple, the Day of Atonement was marked by the rites of purification. Leviticus chapter 16 describes Yom Kippur as a day when priests cleansed the sanctuary from all that defiled it. Later reimagined by sages who created the Mishnah, Yom Kippur became the day, an annual purification from sin for the entire community of Israel. The priests burned incense and fire pans, they offered sacrifice, but the climax of the ritual was the high priest's entry into the Holy of Holies, the innermost chamber of the sanctuary, to pronounce aloud the Shem of God. When the temple fell, the sages ruled that atonement would no longer require these kinds of korbanot, these kinds of sacrificial offerings. Instead, God would respond to our sincere vidui, our confession and prayers of forgiveness. So we engage now in a service of avodah, a service of memory, and then a service of rememory for those who are lost in times of Jewish history, in times of suffering. And we follow Hosea's teachings in this service. Bring words with you and come back to the eternal. Say to God, forgive all guilt and accept the good. Instead of bulls, we will offer the offerings of our lips. Page 457. I lift my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help comes from the eternal, maker of heaven and earth. We marvel at the abiding miracle of our existence, the primordial explosion of being and light, our origins in oneness. Through contemplating the mystery of creation, may we ascend toward the holy.
of Yom Kippur to do what? Put our sukkah up, to start putting it together. I was reminded by somebody that, that today, to get my sukkah going. President Temple said, get it together, Rabbi. <laughs> uh, and if you read in the Talmud, it tells us that Sukkot in Jerusalem, after Yom Kippur, the bridge, became this huge, joyous event. So in the service now, I want you to imagine with the music that we're around an existing temple. And there was music, and there's shofars, and we're making that bridge in the middle of the day now, trying to get to Ne'ilah. And we remember on page 464, as the cantor now chants it, 457, sorry, page 457, we remember creation. Bereshinit bara Elohim et ha-shamayim ve-et aret ve-aret Hayta tohu v'avohu v'choshech al-penei te-om V'ruach Elohim merachevet al-penei ha-mayim V'yomer Elohim yehi or v'yehi
We continue on page 464. Bring all that I command you when you cross the Jordan and settle in the land that the eternal your God is granting you as a legacy. God will give you safety from all your surrounding enemies and you will live in security. Then you shall bring all that I command you to the place where the eternal your God will choose to establish the divine name your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the gifts of your hand, and all your choice votive offerings that you vow to the eternal. My tithe, a psalm. How to explain this impulse to bring to an altar some gift or tithe? I am by now so settled into my land of uncertainty, reticent about religion, ambivalent about faith, and yet, I cannot help but wonder, is it too late to turn my place of doubt into a sanctuary of hope? Find within myself a song of praise, a few plain words of thanks? For what? For the freedom to think my own thoughts, for the feeling of awe when I gaze at the night sky, for the capacity of the human mind to reflect on the universe. Perhaps, then, there is no need to explain. Let my thoughts be my gift. Let the search for truth be my tithe. And let all bring me to places where holiness dwells. Page 466. What gave the tabernacle and the temple their holiness? <clears throat> Each was created as a place to, be, to bear witness to the divine. On this our faith is founded. God is boundless, ever-present, unseen by the eye, a still, small voice having neither body, form, nor image. God can be praised in all places, encountered anywhere. Yet we have built sanctuaries to praise the ineffable and, in, and contain our experience of the uncontainable. You are my witness, declares Adonai. Through tabernacle and temple, our people witness God's presence. There they testified to a divine reality and affirmed that a meeting place with God is possible. There they created a holy space in which to ground and give structure to their spiritual learnings and insights. And there they expressed through signs and symbols their belief that human beings can create in this world a direct connection with God. They were created to bring light into the world. When human beings build a house, they make it with windows that are narrow on the outside and broad within, so that the light may enter from outside and illuminate the interior. King Solomon, however, who built the temple, did not do it in this manner, but made windows that were narrow on the inside and broad on the outside, so that the light may go forth from the temple and shine outside. אור חדש של ציון תאיר, ונזכה כולנו מהרה לאורו. Shine a new light upon Zion, that we all may swiftly merit its radiance. אור חדש על ציון תאיר 
Turn to page 470. The High Priest's Confession. God, I plead before you. We have sinned. We have done wrong. We have rebelled against you, my family and I, the community of priests and the Holy House, the whole house of Israel. I beseech you by your name, grant atonement for the sins, the wrongs, and the acts of rebellion that we have committed against you, my family and I, the community of priests, and the whole house of Israel. As is written in the Torah of your servant Moses, for on this, this day atonement, atonement shall be made for you to purify you from, from all your wrongdoings, and pure you shall be in the presence, presence of the eternal. After the high priest pronounced the name of God, the people bowed and knelt and touched their heads to the ground, saying, Baruch Shem Kavod Malhuto Leolom Boed. Blessed, Blessed is, is God's, God's glorious, glorious name forever ever and ever. A new confession, ours. We confess, in our generation, faith is partial and frayed, like an old talus, threadbare and torn. Faith has been, been worn thin by doubts, torn by ambivalence. What do we see when we, see, when we look at its knotted fringe? Reminders of mitzvot or something tangled coming apart? A reminder of, of all our misgivings. We confess. 
In our generation, love of Torah is tenuous, indifference to communal obligation profound. We allow our differences to divide us, resentments fester, and a small people is made smaller by disunity and strife. We fail to notice the signs of your presence in our world, and we forget to lament your absence from our lives. Uncertainty, too, easily turns to skepticism. We allow, we allow hard questions to consign religion to, your, to irrelevance. Our forebears called Tzur Israel, Tzur Olamim, Rock of Israel, Rock of all times and space, we confess our longing for the faith and the sustain them. We confess our need and desire to attach our hopes to them. Baruch Atananai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedeshana, Bitzvatav, Bitzivanu, Liyavatavadot. Together, everybody, blessed are you, eternal presence, by whose power we sanctify life through the mitzvah of confessing the wrongs we have done. The high priest came into the Holy of Holies. He led the people in the blessing of tshuva, of change. But with no Holy of Holies, we built, wherever we went, synagogues as a replacement. We built centers like this one to be a place of study and learning, of vidui, of offering our prayers. We turn to page 483. Behold, how sweet and pleasant is the dwelling of brothers and sisters who live together as one, together, with every Jewish home we create, with every synagogue we build, and sustain, may we send toward the holy. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. But will God really dwell on earth? Even the heavens to the uttermost reaches cannot contain you. How much less this house that we have built together? King Solomon's temple ended long ago, but the ruins by the army of Babylon. The second temple burned by Rome is now a distant memory. Where is God's dwelling place now? Said the prophet Ezekiel, God has become for Israel a Mikdash Ma'at, a diminished sanctuary. After the fall of Jerusalem and the scattering of our people, God is here with us. So Am Yisrael, 
went throughout the world, we built sanctuaries and built vibrant Jewish communities. We went from being a majority to being a minority in many lands. We had much blessing, but at the same time, we often had, remember, we zoher, our suffering. We remember the Middle Ages. We remember the destruction of the temple. We remember the Shoah and even the challenges that we face today. As we take a few moments for the concluding portion of this service for Ele Askara, this service of memory for those who are martyrs. We're on page 518. The music's on page 517. I'm sorry, 517. These things do I remember. Through all the years, ignorance like a monster has devoured our martyrs as in one long day of blood. Rulers have arisen through the endless years, oppressive, savage in their witless power, filled with a futile thought to make an end of that which God has cherished. Page 519. Ten sages, known as the Ten Martyrs, were executed by Rome in the uprisings of the first and second centuries of the Common Era in the land of Israel. Page 520. Rabbi Akiva was one of the ten, a man of piety and humility, spiritual leader of the Jewish community in the land of Israel, 
supported the Bar Kokhba revolt against Rome that began in 132 CE. He openly defied the Roman decree against assembling in synagogues and teaching Torah. Of Akiva ben Yosef, we were told, when the time came to say the morning Shema, the Roman executioners were combing his flesh with iron. And he said, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, God is one. Akiva's students asked him, Rabbi, even now? And he said, all my life I've been troubled that I could not obey this verse. Love Adonai with all your soul, which is to say, love God even when God takes your soul. And I wondered when I would be able to fulfill this mitzvah. Now that moment has come. How can I not obey? Akiva stretched out the affirmation of the divine unity, the word echad, one, until the departure of his soul. And he died with echad upon his lips. So Askara, we remember Akiva. We remember people like Shmuel Zygobin on page 522. Shmuel was the leader of the general Jewish Workers' Union, known as the Polish Bund. Upon entering Warsaw in 1939, the Germans demanded from the city government 12 hostages. Zegelbaum, who had, who had taken part in the defense of the city, offered himself as one of the 12 in place of another hostage. In 1940, he escaped to Belgium and then America, settling in London in 1942. When he received information about Nazi Germany's final solution, he campaigned passionately for international aid to rescue European Jewry. Depressed by the lack of response to his pleas and by German ruthlessness during the Warsaw Ghetto Revolt, Zeigelbaum took his own life on May 12, 1943, at the age of 48 to protest the world's indifference to the impending destruction of his people. Zeigelbaum's suicide note took the form of a letter to the president and premier of the Polish government in exile. These are his words. I cannot be silent and I cannot live while the remnants of the Jewish people of Poland, of whom I am representative, are perishing. By my death, I wish to express my strongest protest against the inactivity with which the world is looking on and permitting the extermination of the Jewish people. I know how little human life is worth, especially today. But as I was unable to do anything during my life, perhaps my death, I shall contribute to destroying the indifference my life belongs to the Jewish people in Poland, and therefore I give it to them. In a place where there are no human beings, strive, strive to, to be, be human. human. Page 527. We need to do this again. Hannah Senesh represented those who, who fought. She was a native of Budapest, and she made Aliyah to Palestine in 1939. Five years after having trained as a paratrooper, she was one of 37 Jews who parachuted behind German lines in an attempt to rescue Hungarian Jews destined for Auschwitz. She wrote the prayerful poem, Blessed in the Match. It was her last. She was captured and tortured, 
Having refused a blindfold, she was executed by Nazi firing squad in 1944, murdered at the age of 23. She's buried in a special section of the military cemetery on Mount Herzl in Yerushalayim, where the gravestones are arranged in the shape of a parachute. Together, blessed is the match consumed in a kindling flame. Blessed is the flame that softly burns in a heart's secret place. Blessed the hearts that, like flickering lights, knew to flutter and die without shame. Blessed is the match consumed in kindling flame. You must not say that you now walk the final way Because the darkened heavens hide the blue of day The time we've longed for will at last draw near And our steps as drums will sound that we are here From land all green with palms to land all white with snow we now arrive with all our pain and all our woe Where our blood spread out and came to touch the land There our courage and our faith will rise and stand Where our blood spread out and came to touch the land There our courage and our faith will rise and stand to guide and lens and leg. Then he men blai and they forstay and blow and take. Well, cool men let no hunts their oys keeping the show. As with a point on onge trot and side and toe. Von cream and palm and lands been vice and lands von schnee. My same and all me tun their pain me tun their way. On a vogue fangen in the spritz on onge blood. We hear the song of the partisans, those who fought, and those who helped us build this new world, laid the foundations for it. But even in this new world, we find anti-Semitism and Jews still being martyred for their identity. Page 528. Daniel Pearl put himself in harm's way to inform the world of turbulent events. Pearl was an American journalist who covered ethnic strife and war in the Balkans, in Sudan, and in Iran. He was also a citizen of Israel. By 2002, Pearl was the Wall Street Journal's bureau chief in South Asia. While investigating Islamic terrorism in Karachi, Pakistan, he was abducted and executed by Al-Qaeda terrorists. A videotape of his murder at the age of 38 preserves his last words. My father is Jewish. My mother is Jewish. I am Jewish. Back in the town of B'nai Brak, there is a street named after my great-grandfather, Chaim Pearl, who was one of the founders of the town. South African writer and political activist Nadine Gordimer later reflected, I am a Jew. 
to be a Jew, to be black. It is simply something you are. There is no pride in belonging to one particular race, color, or designation, and no denigration whatever in your identity. I was asked in a questionnaire what wish I would want to leave behind me in the world. My answer is, recognize yourself in others. That would be the end of racism, which we know in all its pain and despicable horror. I believe that Daniel Pearl's last words, I am a Jew, were an assertion of his inalienable right to recognition of the human oneness in his specific identity. His was the ultimate judgment on the senseless brutality that took his young life. Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof. Justice, justice shall you pursue. And then on page 530, Yitzhak Rabin, a different kind of martyr, born in Yerushalayim in 1922, as a statement, he worked assiduously for peace between Israel and the Palestinians, for which he received the Nobel Peace Prize. Upon signing the Oslo Accords on the White House lawn in 1993, he said, let me say to you, the Palestinians, we are destined to live together on the same soil and the same land. We, the soldiers who returned from battle stained with blood, we have seen our relatives and friends killed before our eyes. We have attended their funerals and cannot look into the eyes of the parents. We have come from a land where parents bury their children. We have fought against you, the Palestinians. We say to you today in a loud and clear voice, enough of blood and tears, enough. We have no desire for revenge. We harbor no hatred towards you. We, like you, are people who want to build a home, to plant a tree, to love and live side by side with you in dignity and empathy as human beings, as free people. We are today giving peace a chance and again saying to you, let us pray that day will come when we will say enough and farewell to arms. But on November 4th, 1995, at a peace rally where the song we're about to sing was played, Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated, murdered, by a radical Jewish opponent of his plans for peace. A blood-stained copy of the song he'd be singing was found in his pocket. You must not remain indifferent. It's on, it's on page 531. Thank you. 
close our service on page 533 with these words. Then the bridge from here is a bridge into our final services. There's a healing service at 4 o'clock uh, in the chapel. There's a chance to go down to the guild hall and be in uh, the um, service of uh, meditation. You have to be there by 4, so I'll end in just a moment or they won't let you in. Uh, or there's a chance to be in our library or be in our grounds. And then we'll join back together for Yisker and Ela at 5.30. Is that right? Let's say this together at the top of page 533. For our teachers and their students, and the students of the students, we ask for peace and loving kindness. And let us say amen. And for those who study Torah here and everywhere, may they be blessed with all they need. And let us say amen. We ask for peace and loving kindness, and let us say, We need not build monuments for the righteous. We remember them for their deeds as we embrace Jewish life and hope and build the Jewish future together, whether here in Israel or all over the world. Gamar Hatimatova. Thank you for joining us. And can we say Yashikov to our band? Gonna, can you guys play us out with something there? Let's go let yeah, you yeah. She 